0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to today's broadcast of Chef Special on the b Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I am your host, Patrick Honeywell, and today's special guest is Elisa Strauss, the founder and creator of Confetti Cakes, located in New York City. Elisa's creations have been featured on many TV shows and in numerous publications, including Martha Stewart Weddings, InStyle, Marie Claire, Elle, Modern Bride, and many more. Elisa is also a Food Network Extreme Cakes Challenge champion, cookbook author, instructor, and consultant. Let's check in with Elisa. Elisa Strauss, there you are. Woo! Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I think you're there. I can't see oh, I'm you.
1: I'm here. I'm here, all the way in New York.
0: Oh man, California to New York, a great connection. And uh, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you.
0: I am excited. I thought, how the heck did I get Elisa to come on this podcast? Just a little guy, little pastry chef like me, getting oh, someone like you. Yeah. Come on,
1: right? Whatever. <laughs> I, I checked out your CV. You're pretty great. You've done a lot of stuff.
0: No, yeah. no. I've, I'm really, really lucky to get great guests like you. And, and Tish Boyle. We both know Tish, and she's amazing. Oh,
1: my gosh. She's amazing. I
0: love her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's
1: just, yeah.
0: She's yeah. fantastic. So I have you here, so I really appreciate it. So let's talk a little bit about you. I just uh, Your intro, of course, I did was fantastic, letting everybody know about you. But why don't you walk a little bit through your history uh, a bit, starting out and then culminating in confetti cake, your empire.
1: Yeah well I was born in no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> you were
0: born somewhere I yeah born
1: the, I was born in the Bronx and my brother teased me I think the first 10 years that I was born in the Bronx Zoo but no I'm uh, the founder and creator of confetti cakes which um, is a little uh, custom cake business and um, and obviously I've had 10 lives since then uh, I started out as a custom cake studio on the upper west side of Manhattan. And then I turned more to teaching, which we could talk about later, and books and TV stuff. Um, so, but yeah, my my roots are in pastry and art and fashion. And um, and it all brought me to create a company. I wanted to work for myself and I love feeding people and making people happy. And so it was the perfect marriage using my textile background and my art background. And my dad wanted me always to be a surgeon like him. So my my clean scalpels and steady hand background. Um, and, you know, right after pastry school or actually during pastry school, I started my business.
0: Hmm, amazing.
1: So that was, yeah, 20 plus years ago.
0: That Crazy. is amazing. Yeah, so yeah, you've got, uh, you've got a fantastic history and part of that history uh, along the way was uh, two cookbooks. You did two, one for adults, I believe, and one for kids or one about kids' cakes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's funny um when you start making cakes and especially custom cakes mm-hmm. which are, you know, high end, try to re- I always love to replicate toys. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, the second cookbook was really it was natural for me to do things in a kids theme. I think, you know, it I guess it in hindsight it's probably misleading because although there are more kid-friendly recipes, like there's a brownie recipe in there. um, But it down, you know, at the end of the day, it's really catered towards um, cake designers and home bakers that love to make sculpted cakes.
0: Mm. You know, and your sculpted cakes are, are striking. I was looking at some photos. uh, I think you're with these designer shoes and I'm, I'm wondering, do you do them to scale? Like,
1: um, I have. I mean, I've done you know not only shoes and handbags, but I've gone over to people's homes and photographed uh, their computers. I've had people drop off you know handbags, special um, stuffed animals that are special to people. Because uh, you know, I may ask the client ahead of time, especially if they're surprising someone. Oh, take a few photos, but they don't get it. Like mm. when I say take photos, I mean take the wires in the back of the computer or i mean take the stitching on to you know the stuffed animals so you know what i love and I could definitely describe my style as realism mm-hmm. um, you know the biggest compliment after they say how great it tastes is that they didn't even know it was a cake so that's really where i think you know i differentiated myself but and that was a challenge right cuz doing the books i had to put my other hat on um, and I wasn't even a mom yet. And mm. so I had to say, you know, like people are doctors and lawyers and teachers and and moms and dads doing this in their kitchen. Like they don't have time to spend 40 hours on one cake. So, you know, that's why the the cookbooks really break it down for people. And it tells you, you know, what you can make a week ahead, what you can freeze and what you could all do in one day, hmm. you know?
0: So. Have you done an instrument before? I, I love like, a perfect violin. Or have you ever been asked, I know your mother is a very good harpist, as she had said, all right, create this harp with the strings.
1: That's so funny. So one of her students, um, Brandy Younger, who's actually an amazing harpist now, <laughs> actually her mother hired me to make a harp cake. <laughs> um, but I have, and in fact, I did an amazing electric guitar. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, music has always been a part of my family. In fact, One of the reasons I got into baking was because my grandmother, who really brought me into the kitchen, was always making cookies for my mom and her, you know, her siblings' music recitals. So, you know, my grandma was the original, like, making violins and harp cookies and writing everyone's name, you know, on them in royal icing Mm -hmm. before I knew what that was. Um, And I started the violin. Actually, I did the Suzuki method. So I started around five. Wow. Um, And then I went to the cello, which my mom always laughs that I did because that was one of the instruments she doesn't play. She plays four instruments. Um, And then I did take the harp, but only in college where she couldn't be my teacher.
0: (laughs) So you've done a harp. You've done violin. Well, Okay, so you got into the food network competition challenges i think for your decorating or your your showpieces you know how do they choose you or how do you get chosen to be on a food network competition challenge
1: you know that is it's honestly for me it was lucky right mm-hmm. so the food network had really just started i think they had done a few competitions before i started getting on so i think you know the fact that i was in new york The fact that I was doing, you know, unusual cakes, Um, you know, I had a few pieces in local and um, domestic, you know, I had cakes in um, Time Out, you know, magazine, but I also had cakes on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. Um, And you know, I think Florence Fabrican listed my red velvet cake recipe as, um, you know, for Valentine's Day one year, and it was like the most shared article ever. So, you know, I mean, I'd say a lot of hard work, but it was a lot of luck. Whereas now, I feel like with TV, you can put your and I and I've since, you know, coached really um, my own students um, to put your hat in the ring by, you know, contacting the production companies directly. I mean, they're are, there are full-time agencies that are just looking um, for people to cast. I mean, it sounds weird because you think of casting as just actors. And even though we're actors, we're not really actors, right? We're professionals. Um so I'm just really lucky that I got into it. I don't I honestly don't even know, I couldn't even tell you that first call, like where, where it came from.
0: <laughs> I tell you, Alicia, you're so humble. I mean, you are really humble saying you don't know. I, I was looking at, uh, at Institute of Culinary Education, oh, yeah. uh, where you, you're an instructor. And I looked at your biography, and I thought, what the heck? It, her creations, I'm reading now, and I quote, Her creations have appeared on the Today Show, Sex and the City, on The View, Martha Stewart Weddings, In Style, Marie Claire, these are magazines, Elle, Modern Bride, Bridal Guide, and many, many more. So, uh, yeah, I think they were pretty lucky to have you on the show.
1: Oh, you're nice. I mean, it was, you know, I hesitate to say it was fun. I think it's like anything like looking back on it. Oh my God, what an incredible experience. And how lucky was I to be part of that, especially because then, you know, it launches you, right? Like I've gone to restaurants where people have recognized me, which I think my parents and Definitely, my husband still laugh at um, you know because they're, they're, they they keep me grounded. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a way. It was you know when I started my business, there was no social media. So to think that someone in you know say the Middle East knew about my cakes—that's mm. crazy. It is crazy. You know? I'm a kid from New York. Um, even though I'm not really a kid anymore. <laughs> but, you know, whereas now, you know, and, and through other things I did, right? So obviously, the Food Network launched, and it became this huge sensation. And I did about, I think I did something like six cake competitions, which is crazy. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of shows, like Al Roker had a great show. Um you know, it was all about um, career changers that I did. Um, Warren Brown had a show, I did all the morning shows, you know, so like all of that stuff was amazing. Mm -hmm. But then step into the world of obviously TV, you know, craftsy online videos, YouTube, and then you get into social media. I mean, I've had people in little villages in India say, I can't get the brand of fondant that you get, but can you tell me like where I can get this if I get to a major city or how I can make this from scratch? I mean, that's amazing.
0: This left an impression and I'm just going to call it the six foot sock monkey cake. Does that make <laughs> memories back for you? Yeah. And, and I have a question for you for, for doing a competition like that, uh, knowing that you were going to try to get this big, tall monkey uh, a- edible out of a cake. How do you choose your uh, team for something like that? And who did you choose? Okay. Who was on your team? Yeah.
1: Well, honestly it was just um, one other person who was my assistant in, I mean, remember I'm doing really big cakes, but it's, super labor intensive, it's highly skilled. So, I mean, I think at the, at the height of my career doing custom cakes, we had seven people in my studio and that included an office assistant, right? To hold us all together, um, make sure we eat, uh, you know, delivery people, interns from culinary school. So not necessarily professionals yet. Um, so I think I had, you know, about two assistants. And so it was just my assistant, Mark Randazzo, who is incredible. I mean, I really credit him with one of the major reasons we won. Uh, We won because it was a great story, which I'll just, I could quickly tell you. Um, but really Mark, you know, he was such a perfectionist and also just his strength of rolling out so much. I mean, to cover a six foot cake in a couple of hours is, you know, no small task. Um, and I think what people, I, I, I don't know what people know, you know, it, it's sort of like one of those things. It's a reality show, obviously, all these competitions. Um, but I'm pretty sure people know that, like, we don't just show up with, you know, and, and ready to go. Like we, we shut down our business basically. And, um, you know, I had to meet with a structural designer to make a support. I mean, how do you support a six foot tall sock monkey? Mm. I'm, you know, I'm a, I, I graduated with an art major and then I went to pastry school for graduate school. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm not an architect. Um, so, all those things. So my team was really, you know, once I got there was Mark Randazzo and I would be remiss not to mention my dad, because first of all, the competition was on his birthday. Oh. It was incredibly special for my dad, who is a major surgeon in New York to fly out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the morning of the competition, he was the one running around finding us dry ice because, we had put an electric turntable under the head and it was supposed to spin and the dry ice sh- like shot smoke out of the ears, Oh, which that part worked, the, yeah. the turntable did not work, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, so I mean, again, it it's impossible for anyone to say that they can do it alone. My team was like the best.
0: And your dad is great. I love a great dad uh, yeah. that has a daughter cause I have a daughter and she's my life. Oh, so I, yeah. I love your dad already. So yeah. uh, did you know your competitors before you got there? Did you know them personally or?
1: Um, no, I mean, trying to think it, it's funny. I mean, my first K competition out in Las Vegas, I mean, I can't even tell you how long ago that was. It was mm-hmm. before I knew my husband. So that's like 15 plus years ago. Um, but I since had become friends you know, with the people. And that's really where it all started, right? I made this small sock monkey because I wanted to do a toy. Like I I didn't even realize that that would all come together. But I just said to you that I love making toys. I love the details made in toys, but I didn't really get the fact that, remember, there weren't that many of these competitions, right? I didn't get the fact that it had to be big. So I did all of the you know, um instructions like it was a hundred percent edible, it you know had to clear four feet, it had all the details, but when I looked down the row of all the other competitors, I was like, holy moly, like my my cakes I'm I'm done first and because I had practiced so much and my cake's too small. So, you know, fast forward however many years that was, um, when I made the six foot tall sock monkey, that's why it was called the revenge of the sock monkey, because <laughs> it was like oh, now I'm going to show you. I could still make a sock monkey and it's going to be six feet tall. Like now I get it. There's a formula Mm. to win these competitions. Mm. Um, And there were other, I I still, I tell this story all the time um, because I'm old and I'm in the business a long time. But um, Buddy Velastro, who everyone knows, the cake boss, Mm -hmm. he came up to me at breakfast. I think my second or third cake competition, it was in Sea Island, Georgia, And he's like, hey, Elisa, I'm Buddy. You know, and this is Moro, my brother-in-law. like, you know, he was just another cake designer. And he didn't win that competition either. I don't even think he he placed. He came in, I came in third. And I don't even think he and his brother-in-law placed, which was crazy, right? Like, he's the real cake designer. He was running a business that was you know, incredible. His whole family was involved. But anyway, the point is, is like, did I, I didn't know him before going, um, to that cake competition either. And the extreme cake one that was the sock monkey, I did not really know. Um, you know, you, you get to know people during the day just because it's so intense and, you know, not everything's on camera. That's true. The last (laughs) competition I did, I knew, almost everyone and that was because it was one of these um it was kind of modeled after survivor where you know it's like you kind of voted people off which by the way they didn't tell us which was not cool um because you know unlike survivor you go onto a show called survivor you're you're trying to survive you go onto a show as a cake designer you're not you know you're Your colleagues, your friends with some of these people. Um, And so, like, you know, we weren't expected, we didn't know that we were supposed to vote other cake designers off. Like, that, you know, that was not told to us, Mm. Um, which of course made a better show. You know, the the executive producer was amazing. He knew exactly what he was doing, but it it created a lot of stress and drama for all of us.
0: In 2010, you stopped making cakes for clients, but you decided to primarily concentrate on teaching and consulting for businesses. I believe that you do a company might call you and say, hey, we want to new do a new cake line or we need help with uh, decorations. Do you have any anything you'd like to share on that? What what a uh, company would request of you?
1: Sure, sure. I I love consulting. I love it, love it, love it. For so many reasons. Um so I stopped my business for a few reasons, just to Uh, go back for a second. Um, I stopped it because it was a perfect time. It seemed like anyone who was working for me, they were ready to go on to their next phase. Like Mark went and started my assistant Mark. He went to start his own cake company. Um, Candice, my office assistant, um, was trying her hand at being a professional singer. I had had my first child in 2009. So, you know, the days of working day and night. Wasn't good. (laughs) I don't know. There's no other euphemism for that. It just wasn't good. Um, and to be honest, I was tired. (laughs) I mean, you know, I always get that like, Oh my God, your job is so much fun. I mean, you know, Patrick being in the kitchen, like that's hard, right? It's Like, and especially when you own your own business, it never goes away. Even children like go to sleep at night, but your business is always there. There's always a client. There's always an employee. There's always a, you know, bill to pay of a piece of equipment that has broken. Oh, yeah.
0: Somebody has to wash the dishes. If the pot washer didn't show up, they say, hey, Elisa, can you come in?
1: Yeah. Guess what? We didn't even have a pot washer. I was like, you know, I was like on the good morning America in the morning or the today show. And I was like sweeping up and taking out the garbage on the curb at night. Like, you know, so anyway, so all of those things, it was a perfect storm. I had, you know, been doing it for, you know, a decade. Um, I had the good fortune to have the books and the food network had gone, you know, kind of viral all over the world. So I had so many people asking for private lessons. And to be honest, like, especially as a mom, I think of it as like an ER doctor. Um, you know, like there's my dad who was a surgeon or like, you know, my friends that are incredible OBs that have to be on call all the time. Mm-hmm. Or you could be an ER doctor and you know, like you're going to be on these days and then you're going to be off these days. And it's just much better for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. To know that. Um, And then the consulting piece really um, I'm even trying like to, I think it was just, you know, I have one really good friend who owns a really great food business, um, peanut butter and company. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know it. It's it's a pretty big brand. Um, We Mm -hmm. went to college together and Lee has always been a huge supporter and helper of mine. So, you know, There were things like him just hiring me to do some recipe testing at first, right? Like they were changing over from just jars of peanut butter and they wanted to start doing their own cookies, brownies, cake mixes using peanut butter powder along with, you know, obviously my expertise in that. Um, There was another company that I think you were talking about that um, they produced cakes that were frozen and went into grocery stores mm-hmm. but you know if you have a designer that's been doing the same thing you know for 20 years and they're not like in the world of cake the designs get pretty stagnant Big time. Um, so you know you bring someone like myself in just to kind of again not take over the business but just like help push it in different directions a little bit more of a modern twist. Um, And then one of my favorite consulting gigs was for a company, uh, Make Meaning, which they had stores um, out in Arizona, um, two in New York, New York was the flagship. And it was this amazing store Um, Willy Wonka-esque, but not just food centric, right? So you went in, you could design your own mosaic, you could design your own soap. And so they hired me to create a cake experience. And so that was really the most challenging, right? Because I was dealing with the public and food, Mm -hmm. which obviously I'd always done, but I always did it one-to-one, right? Mm -hmm. I had a custom cake business. So I was always dealing either with the party planner or the restaurant or the client here. I'm putting out cakes that anyone that just walks in off the street from any country in the world has to taste and decorate. So, you know, I could go on and on. There've been frosting companies, um, but it's just great. I love work. I give a thousand percent into whatever I'm doing. So consulting for me is just amazing. Cause it's like, I can't burn out, right? Cause they're short projects. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just love consulting.
0: There's two cakes when I think of cakes uh, that are probably the most important cakes in a, in a person's life or, or two of them most important and that would be a wedding cake and a first birthday cake now yeah. I say that because I live in California my daughter her husband uh, I have two grandkids now and I flew to Washington to make and I don't make cakes anymore but I wanted to make their first birthday cake, and I flew oh, up for, for Jacob, yeah. and I flew up for Eliana, and I did the first birthday cake. It's so important. All of the birthdays are, are of course important, but to me, the first birthday cake is so important.
1: It's so funny you say that because, of course, I'm going to say every birthday is yeah, important. Yeah, but of but, course, of course, you know what I say, and this is probably just my take on it. And I have three kids. Um, you know, at one, they can't give their input nope <laughs> so I've made a lot of cakes especially for my kids if I add it all up um but for most of them they've decided and so you know that's annoying <laughs> um they're the they're I've learned that they are the toughest critics I will ever have my children so uh but yes I think you know very often especially if it's your first kid you're a little nervous being a new parent you know even in the pre-COVID world, right? We always had like, I've had the unfortunate luck of always having winter babies, especially in New York, maybe in California, it doesn't matter as much, but you know, so always, Oh, the hand sanitizer, don't get too close to the baby. Mm. So the first birthday is like, here's my baby. Look what I, you know, look what I've created. And in many cultures, many, many, many cultures, um, I mean, it's known as like a huge birthday, Mm. you know, Mm. Um, the first um, in Korean culture, um, you know, for me, for my daughters, I did because in the Jewish culture, you usually do a bris for a boy, but I do girls first. And so we did baby namings, but we waited, you know, mainly for their first birthday. So Mm. you kind of tie it all in. So, yes, I think the first birthday and they couldn't give their opinion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you have, sometimes at first birthday, you know, you've got some, maybe some aunts, some cousins. Yes, um, yes. And you want them to all enjoy the cake, too, because you're sharing your child. You're, I mean, this yes. is their first birthday. It's a, it's a big one. It's the first one. Uh, but also, you, you know, you have to kind of decide what kind of cake to make that everybody might like or something that's just universally accepted. Do you have ideas of what cakes most people, I mean, would love? If you make a cake, you want (laughs) to nail it, right? You can't, you don't get a second chance. So what do you do? No,
1: you don't get a second chance. I mean, you could be one of those people that drives yourself crazy and makes like, you know, four different cakes or like you make a cake and then you make cupcakes and you make two different flavors. And you know what? Even, I was going to say, especially for weddings, Mm -hmm. people who would come into my studio, they're having a wedding for 300 people and they want to make coconut cake.
0: Oh, okay. gosh. oh gosh!
1: Okay. I love <laughs> coconut cake, but who? You know, you're gonna feed that to 300 people. Like, no, may, like if you guys like coconut cake, you know, either serve it with like coconut, you know, ice cream on the side, or like give out coconut cake. Co- but like, don't if this is the main dessert, don't make that decision for people. Um, you know, and so it's the same thing with the first birthday cake. Um, you know, go. I'm. I believe to go simple. So, I mean, in my family, I think the, bir- the first birthday is always vanilla, vanilla. It also helps that my dad and my husband really just like vanilla, vanilla.
0: <laughs> like, it doesn't hurt.
1: Um, you know, and the grandparents. I mean, obviously, if you're a chocoholic, you know, my chocolate cake recipe, I had to adjust for my kid's book. And now, and we could get to it, I'm working on a line of cake kits. Mm. So as I developed the cake mix, you know, I took out the coffee, mm-hmm. I took out the, um, you know, I, I took out the almond extract because so many kids have nut allergy now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of schools are nut free, um, things like that. So, you know, you got to know your audience. If you have a fun family and, you know, they're all into like, like my family does love red velvet, um, would do that. But for me, it was fun because I met, like, my son's first birthday, I made a cake in the shape of him. And a lot of people thought that was going to be super eerie, which, well, maybe when we start cutting it, it was a little (laughs) eerie. Um, But I just wanted to challenge myself, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I wasn't making cakes for clients anymore. Um, And I, you know, you look on social media and you're like, all these people are making... You know, faces and like realistic eyes and all this. And I was like, I want to see if I can make him. He's so cute. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's one. He can't tell me not to make. No,
0: it. but he'll see photos of it later. So you still have to be careful.
1: He did, and you know what? I'm I I really am dumb because um, my son was one, but my middle child has a phobia of dolls, and I didn't think that sculpting my son out of cake would rep would like read as doll mm. but of course in hindsight it does and so she would not come into the dining room <gasps> to say, like, we don't have a family photo from that person oh my
0: gosh i'm oh so gosh. sorry
1: I apologize.
0: <laughs> that's so funny when you make a cake or when somebody decides to make a cake at home uh what do you, do you do a butter cake or a sponge, Genoa? I mean, do you have a favorite?
1: Look, I'm a, yeah, I'm a realist. I mean, look, I do not use mixes. The only caveat there is if I'm either baking with my children yeah. <laughs> or yeah. someone else's children. But even then, I mean, it's like, you know, like making pancakes. Like there aren't that many ingredients and there aren't any weird ingredients like I'm not making a raspberry souffle cake, you know what I mean? So, well, not (laughs) with my kids anyway. So, um, you know, I make a white cake. We've all, I mean, that's what my family loves and it only uses egg whites. So it's really a white, Mm. light, sweet cake. And I will say it was the number one seller in my cake business as well. Um, And then, you know, there are times, of course, I've made a more yellow cake, which is like run of the mill Americana, like, you know, yellow cake with chocolate buttercream. Um, You know, if I'm doing it for kids or my husband, um, I make like a cupcake frosting, not a Swiss meringue frosting, which anyone can make, right? It's confectioner sugar, milk, or what, you know, whatever you want to do and vanilla extract. Like it's not, it's not hard. Um, That said, look, I'm a working mom. I have three kids. There are many nights where I'm up super late, you know, right before their birthday parties. And I can't even enjoy myself at the birthday party because I'm so tired because I'm always working on a ridiculous cake. Um, So like, why would someone do that to themselves? Like, especially this day and age, there are amazing mixes out there. You know, even if you doctored up a mix, right? Like you take a good mix, let's say King Arthur, right? King Arthur flour has amazing, delicious mixes that are all natural. So you're not going to taste the chemicals that you may of, uh, you know, other brand. Um, and you know, even if you wanted to make a different kind of frosting, you can. Um, but you know, people should do what makes them feel good and no one should be ashamed of saying it.
0: I'm not. I, I, it's funny because <laughs> I like to make scratch cakes too. When if, if I do one here and there for family and every now and then I think, oh my gosh, you know, I know there's a pretty good mix out there and they always say, they don't always say, but sometimes a guest will say, oh my gosh, can you give me this recipe? I love this cake, this white cake. And I go, ah,
1: dagger oh my arm. gosh. I said,
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Let's talk after the party then hoping they won't call me, you know?
1: Right. 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 No, are you kidding? How many times? I mean, I do that. I do that even even though I do like to cook. I, I cook. I approach cooking as a pastry chef, right? So whereas people look in the refrigerator and throw in like tomatoes and garlic and da 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 to make it tomatoes. No, no, no. I need to know amounts of everything and weigh uh, everything. And I am not a natural uh, cook. So... So that you treat said, everything yeah. has to be perfect. So, so you treat I'm, the
0: regular savory cooking like you do um, baking. Like I said. Yeah, side. it's
1: horrible. I mean, I've 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 loosened up over the years just because mm-hmm. you know at a certain point you just run out of time and ingredients. Um, but what my point is is like I'm the first one to like okay, Thanksgiving's coming up, you know, order the turkey and make the sides or vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you get the turkey and make it yourself. And then, you know, ask, like, ask for help. Like our culture is so Mm -hmm. weird. I agree. Right. And so, you know, if that goes back to cakes, why not? You know, people always say that it's like, they're embarrassed. If I show up Mm -hmm. to a party, they're like, oh, we got got the cake from here. You know, and And if you
0: like (laughs) it, you say, this is fantastic. If you don't like it, you just talk about something else.
1: Yeah, I mean I re- I have to say I do rarely eat mm-hmm. cake because I do find that most other people's cakes are yeah. good. But you know, but that's also, you know, at the end of the day, I rather slice a pizza than a sweet dessert mm. anyway. So just give me a baguette and I'm happy. Oh, I love
0: baguette. <laughs> I love baguette. Yeah. I love bread. Okay, so <laughs> now imagine close your eyes, then open them again. Yes. Imagine that we're in the kitchen here and you're gonna you're gonna help me make a cake. That anybody can make a home. Do you have like a simple little recipe you can share with the audience or even tips, like general tips?
1: Yeah, a half sheet pan usually fits into anyone's oven. Um, And then the other thing I tell people is to freeze your cake. Everyone's always like, oh, how come I get the crumbs in the icing? Or, you know, even like I can't cut this cake like it's a fudgy chocolate cake. It's like just put it in the fridge or freezer to cut it. And it's so much easier. Like anything you're making if you're having problems with it coming together, I mean, even buttercream, you're having trouble, you know, it's hot out, you don't have an air conditioner, just throw it in the fridge or freezer, and everything will be okay. Yep. yep I think some people, a lot of people make the mistake of throwing out whatever it. Is, like if the cake cracks, you know, they're gonna throw it out. No, you just <laughs> spackle it back together. That's the bottom <laughs> layer. And then you awesome. go on like, don't, I, I'm a huge um, proponent of not wasting things (laughs) that was like a double negative or something but anyway um yes i believe in not wasting but yeah i mean i think of when i think of all the recipes in my book i they are designed they're pretty neutral like in flavors like i don't know about you sometimes i look at pastry books and it's like pistachio with framboise and Uh. rose water and it's too many flavors for me Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I agree. I, they could it, put that in the icing if they are, like you said, do something yes. outside. I hear you.
1: Yeah, you can impart any flavor, or like, you know, if you're in a hot weather country, you know, don't stress over buttercream. The butter, it's never going to do well. Even if you have an air conditioned space and then you take the cake out and you're in, you know, a desert or some, or like the south in the middle of July or August and it's wet just use ganache, you know, and ganache, you can flavor whether it's a chocolate ganache or a white chocolate ganache, you could impart flavor, you know, in anything that's using any kind of dairy, you know, you can get a flavor in. So I'm not against flavor, but I also just think like when you have cake, like who doesn't want just like vanilla chocolate, red velvet, even lemon, carrot, banana, like all of these You know, I do have um, an apple cinnamon cake with a brown sugar buttercream in one of my books because, you know, again, back east in the fall, that's like, you know, I really love comfort food, which is kind of, it doesn't really go right with my brand, which is like (laughs) perfect cakes. But when I bake, you know, outside of decorating, I still want, you know, just like a loaf cake cake.
0: So the confetti cake book, do you have some basic cake recipes in that? I just ordered one. I know you oh, do. Oh, I would have
1: sent it. it to you. Uh, Sorry. I
0: should already have it, but uh, I, uh, I, Thanks. Sh- I should have it, but I don't, not yet. But it sure is pretty on the outside. I'm sure it's good on the inside. Actually, on Amazon, I was, I was scrolling through when you go to, to buy a book. You're, you do a nice job with it because it shows... Some pages. I'm flipping through, flipping through, flipping through to uh, prep myself for this uh, interview.
1: Oh, that's so that it. You cool. know what? I didn't realize I was yeah. not, I, I, fighting is too strong a word. I was asking my publisher to make confetti, the Confetti Cakes cookbook um, digital, right? Because if you go to the Confetti Cakes for Kids, and yeah, it's a newer book, um, they make that digital. Like you could buy it as an ebook. But apparently, this is what I was told. I don't know if it's true, um, but the first book is in so many, you know, there have been so many printings of it and it's still in print and it still sells really well. So they're like, why would we take it off if people are still buying it? Makes sense. So I I mean, you know, I never think of my books as a business decision, <laughs> business decision. That's tough to say. But anyway, um, <laughs> So that was so that's nice to hear. I mean, I love I yeah. cook, love cookbooks. I just ordered a cookbook recently. I love cookbooks.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. So, a question on the um the cake what what's your perfect let's say a half sheet cake and you have about a one inch side, three quarter to one inch sides, probably. What uh is a temper uh oven temperature you use at home?
1: Oh, well, if I'm baking in my oven, a regular. Good old-fashioned oven. I don't have a fancy convection oven or anything. I just bake at 350. Okay. If you do have one of those newer ovens that you can put on convection and it has the fans, um, I usually tell um, everyone to just lower it, you know, by 50 degrees. So you you'd bake it at 300 mm-hmm. um, Fahrenheit rather than 350. Um, and then if there are certain cakes where like I want a crispier top. I may raise it to 375, um, you know, or if I'm making a pizza, obviously I want to up in the fives, 455. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty, you're pretty safe in, you know, anywhere from 325 to 375. Now that said, most people don't have an oven thermometer. So you have no idea.
0: <laughs> oh, you're so right. You have what to see if it needs calibrating. You put a you put a, a thermometer in there just to make sure it is what it is. And if you don't, you have to adjust the next time you bake if it's not quite what you wanted.
1: You know, I can't tell you how many. I mean, I've gone, you know, all over the place baking and, you know, everyone says, oh, well, this oven, it's hotter in the back, right? Or the mm. hotter in the back. left." You mm. know, it's like if you were a concert pianist and you were going to play a piano, I mean, right away you know if that piano's out of tune, right? And then you get someone to fix it. With an oven, you don't really know until afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. You see like one half of it's burnt or one half of it's raw or whatever. I mean, obviously that's why, you know, we tell everyone to turn your pans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to bake in the middle, right? Because there's a, a, I was going to say a lower margin of error um, or a higher margin of error. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you have more room to not burn it, or it stays raw.
0: You, know? Got you. that's true. Do you do like a toothpick test, or the little knife on the top to pull out you clean? Know, or no, so,
1: it's so funny because I think a
0: touch, touch. I think, I think you're
1: you're going to kill me when I say this, but I do think of steak, like the really fancy schmancy chefs they're like, I never cut into my steak, right? Yep, like, could you yep. imagine if you're at a steak place and like your steak came cut into? Uh-huh. So that, you know, I love when they tell you, like, look at a part of your hand and that's how you know. Yes. I, I still have not figured that out. <laughs> I still cut my steak, okay? <laughs> um, don't want my children to die. But I will say with cakes, unless it's a certain kind of recipe, I can usually tell, yeah, yep. there's a touch and really it comes away from the pan, right? Mm. Like if you have an even cake, you could see that it's already pulled away from the sides of the pan. And so you really shouldn't, unless your cake has domed in such a crazy way that you think the middle still may be gooey. Mm -hmm. Um, Or sometimes, you know, with my brownies, my brownies are super flaky on top. um, But every once in a while, I would stick a toothpick in just to make sure, you know, it comes out. And it's still fudgy, but you just don't want raw.
0: No, yeah. I love the flaky top brownies. I, I like that you'd, that's the recipe yeah. you yeah, go yeah. to. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, you've shared some fantastic information and I, I think people should look at the Confetti Cake book and also uh, the Confetti Cake book for kids, but go on Amazon. I mean, they, it's available. They're both available there um, and it's, it's a good way to get to know you better. Um, before we close, do you have any future goals or thoughts? You have, I mean, you have three beautiful children A handsome husband, I'm I'm imagining. A wonderful mom. I I mean, you have a great family that, you know, you're busy. But is there anything else that you'd like to throw into your future as you look forward?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Go for it. (laughs)
1: Like (laughs) That's nice. That's them. But no, um, no, I mean, yes, I am so blessed and grateful. And um, I always say I have the best life. And, um, but in terms of business, I think, you know, anyone that ever started anything, I feel like always has more that they want to do. So right now I'm actually working on a line of cake kits, which (laughs) honestly has been a dream of mine for years, years, years. And I usually don't use my children as an excuse for most things even though I should, Um, but they, I mean, I love them, but it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard juggling um, and cakes don't pay that much. So, um, you know, it's hard to do everything when you want to do it. So anyway, so the cake kits are something I'm working on that I'm hoping will launch um, by this Valentine's day. That nice. would be the first one. And we'll just see, you know, again, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself. Like if people want it and they love it and it makes them happy, great, I'll do another one. If I, <laughs> I said, I said, my daughters, my 11 year old said this morning, well, mom, what happens if the cake kids like fail? Like what happens if they're not good? And I said, I said, you know what? Then I'll have tried it and I'll know that it was, but then I won't, you know, someone, when I started my cake business, I remember my two friends, um, Edward and Joshua, we were out to dinner and I had just finished pastry school. I was working at Ralph Lauren as, um, a textile designer. I was like, should I start a company? Should I not? Should I do that? Oh, it's so hard, but I really love making the cake, you know, all these things. And they Mm -hmm. said, look, I mean, at that point I was in my twenties, which is funny to think of it now.
0: It's um, like yesterday, yesterday, right?
1: Yeah, yesterday, yeah. or 20 years ago. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, and they were like, well, you'll never know, right? Like, if you fail, that's five years from now, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just tell people, like, you know, if you want to do something and you feel like you have the endurance and stamina, you should, because what? You're going to just sit there the rest of your life, like, I should, I should have done those cake kits, <laughs> I don't <laughs> have ideas floating around.
0: I think the cake kit, it sounds fantastic. And you've got, as part of your, I'm going to list some of your contact info. You'll probably be promoting that on your website uh, near Valentine's Day, uh, maybe get it onto Amazon, et cetera. But let's talk about some of your contact information for the listeners. You have an amazing website, I think. Oh, you're yes,
1: crazy.
0: And you have a lot of uh, no. I'm, I'm. Oh my gosh! Because you've got so many different little. uh, What do you call the little icons? Right? You click here, click here, click there, and you also
1: know, it's hard because <laughs> as my daughters will say, they're like, "What do you do?" Right? Like you're a cake designer that doesn't make cakes for clients anymore. It's like, but I'm busy as ever, right? So say, come I'm on, a-
0: open up the website. Got right. eleven-year-old oh, daughters right. a little so I'm smart, a-
1: right? So I'm a designer, I'm an author, a teacher, a consultant. Um, and I do, I just love teaching people. So what I was going to say, if people don't feel like buying a whole book, I have a lot of recipes um, listed on both, you know, my YouTube, obviously all social media, my blog. Um, I very often will do collaborations with other people and I'll give out, you know, I'll, I'll try a new recipe or I have a caramel, um, a bourbon caramel um brownie recipe that I did through my culinary school. And so, you know, I'm always doing special projects. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm busier than ever. I just, I'm not running the typical bakery business. I -hmm. guess that's the best way to say it.
0: Well, amazing website, uh, great Instagram at Alisa Strauss. And then uh, you have a great Facebook page too, that I think is awesome. A YouTube channel. Uh, How would you recommend people get a hold of you?
1: I mean, is definitely, you know, the most current, right? Cause you could just put like, I just finished a recipe, like here it is. Oh. Um, and then I can link that obviously to my Facebook or blog or, you know, anything. Um, so I think that's the most current Instagram, which is also my name, Elisa Strauss, which occasionally you'll get a snippet of my life, but it's pretty much just cakes.
0: Hmm. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you for being on the show today uh, wonderful information about you and your history. And again, I'm just amazed that, uh, you agreed to be on my little podcast. Oh, it's stop. So, I'm so, so happy.
1: Wonderful. It was so much fun. You're amazing. <laughs> if we were closer, I would have definitely brought you cake.
0: Oh my gosh. In the future. One yes. day, one day. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> well, listen, all, all my best to your family and friends. And, your, uh, I hope that everybody has a chance to check you out because you've got some amazing, uh, things to share with the, with the world of pastry and cakes etc so thank you Sweet. thank you again thank you for all of you listening out there chef special is part of the Bee Lead podcast network check it out at bly.com and follow me on facebook and instagram at patrick honeywell